This Shabbos is Parshas Pora. So we're going to learn from the beginning of Parshas Chukas, Zois Chukas HaToyra. The question is, why does the Torah call the Inyan of Pora Duma Chukas HaToyra? <coughs> why isn't it called Chukas HaPora? The Choyk is the Mitzvah Pora Duma. Many mitzvahs in the Torah have reasons. So it should be called Chukas HaPora, not Chukas HaToyra. <coughs> The emiss is that we have to look at every mitzvah to a certain extent as if it's a choyk. I'll give you an example. Let's say you go to Walmart and you buy a bicycle. So you don't walk out the store wheeling a bicycle. You get a box, and the bicycle comes in 50 pieces. So you sit down to put it together. You open it up, and there's a gigantic list of instructions. So you say to yourself, I don't need the instructions. This is push it. And you start putting together the bicycle. And when you're finished... You say, that's nice, they left three extra screws for me. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Then your kid gets on the bike and pedals twice and the whole thing falls apart. So you realize that you can't always use your own seichel. You have to follow the instructions. Lahavdil, the same thing is true when it comes to the Torah. Sometimes we think, we understand, we have it all clear. The Torah is the instruction book. You follow the instructions. And it's not just because you know the reason. So let me give you a marshal. Give you a, a Maisa Shehoya. There was a Yid. It was about Shuva. But in his years of being, so to say, off the proverbial D, he did certain things that were not appropriate, and he was arrested. And so he summoned to court, and he has lawyers, and they say to him, it looks like, based on the summons and based on the crime, you're looking at 10 years in the slammer. But we have an Eitzah. We know that your parents were not very good parents, your father himself was a shtickle, a criminal. And your mother didn't take good care of you. And you were neglected. And all sorts of things happened. So if you go to the judge and you, sell it, you say to him, Your Honor, I realize that I'm guilty, but I had a terrible childhood. My father didn't treat me right. My mother didn't kiss me before she put me to bed. And I had all sorts of trauma. So maybe they'll reduce the sentence to five years in prison. But this Yid was about Tshuva, 
And he understood maybe it's not so posh to go to court and tell all sorts of nasty things about your parents. It might be a problem of kibbit of a. So he went to Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein and he asked him, What should I do? So he said, It's kibbit of a. You can't do it. And not only that, you never know. In a case like this, they might. Uh, uh, you know, tell over in court and tell over in, in the media what's going on and there'll be a news story about it and there'll be some sort of an editorial about it and the whole world's going to know that your father was a who knows what. So therefore, it's not appropriate. So the guy comes back to the Yitzhak Zilberstein a few hours later. He says, I have a kasha. He says, L'choyra, what's the whole union of Kibbut of the Ein? HaKoros you owe your parents a lot. He says, I, my parents, I don't owe them anything. So maybe it's okay for me to lambast them in basement. So he said to him, let me tell you something. There's a famous Gemara in Kedushin. Everybody knows the Gemara about Doma ben Nesina. The Gemara asked the question, how far does the mitzvah of Kibbutz aim go? So the Gemara tells a story about Doma ben Nesina, that there was a diamond that he had that the Chachamim wanted to buy from him to use it for the aphoid. And when they came to buy it, his father was sleeping, and under the pillow where his father was sleeping was the key to the safe. So he said to the Chachamim, I can't give you the diamond because my father's sleeping on top of the key, and if I get the key, I'll wake him up, and I don't want to wake him up. So they went and they bought the stone someplace else. The next year, he was Zoyche that in his barn, a Poraduma was born. Zerachachomim came to him to buy the Poraduma. And obviously, a Poraduma is a very rare sort of a cow. I can be mayed. I've driven many times from Colorado to Baltimore, which is 1,700 miles, and you're driving past farm after farm after farm. You drive through Kansas, all you see is cows and corn. There's not one paraduma between Denver and Baltimore. And I did this 10 times. Never once did I see a paraduma. And I saw every cow, because you're driving in a car with six little kids. You showed them every single cow. So take my word for it. And he had a paraduma. So the Chachamim came and he said, I know you'll pay me whatever I ask. I'm only going to take what you would have paid for the stone. <coughs> so the Shaila is, if HaKadosh Baruch wanted to reward this guy, why did he give him a paraduma? Why couldn't he win lotto? You know, had a winning ticket in a... In a, in a in, in some sort of, uh, you know, lot, lottery or something like that. Or hey, whatever. Could have invested in stocks. The stocks could have gone up. He could have found real estate and he could have sold it for the Empire State Building. Whatever. Why Epis? He got a Poraduma. <clears throat> Terence says that a Kodesh Borch wants to teach us a lesson. The reward for Kibbut over Aim was Poraduma to show. That just like Pora Adum is a chaik, Kibbut Avim also is an element of chaik. <clears throat> Your parents didn't do anything for you, that doesn't matter. 
The halacha is you have to be mechabed your parents. It doesn't matter why. The Torah said, be mechabed your parents. It's a chayk. They didn't do anything for you. They were terrible parents. Your mother gave you tuna fish chunk light for lunch every day. It doesn't matter. You have to be mechabed them. So he told them, you cannot go and tell the judge the story. So I would love to tell you he didn't tell it and the judge let him go anyway, but he's probably still sitting in jail. But that's not the point. So I'd like to talk a little bit about Kibbut over A. We're getting close to Pesach. And your mother's going to ask you to help. Your father's going to ask you to help your mother. Or you'll go home for Shabbos. And you should know a little bit about Kibbut over A. So there's once a group of Talmidim younger children, and they were taken to the great Chazoin Ish to be fired. And the Rebbe told them how they behave. They all came dressed Shabbos-stick, and they're going to get fired by the Chazoin Ish, the Godel Adoyer. When they finished the fahir, one kid asked if he could ask the Chazoin Ish a question. The Rebbe is holding his breath. Who knows what can to ask the Chazoin Ish? And the kid asked, how did you become the Chazanish? So you would think the Chazanish would answer, I learned 20 hours a day nonstop. I chaza 26 blot every hour. I memorize shas in my sleep. He said, I became the Chazanish because I was Mekayim Kibbutov aim." A Yid once came to the Chazanish. And he came from Yerushalayim, whatever it was in those days, it, was, it wasn't an easy trip to go from Yerushalayim to B'nai Brak. But he was just diagnosed with cancer. It was some serious illness. The doctor said, you have about six months left. So he went to the Chazanish. He told the Chazanish, what's going on? The Chazanish says, what do you want from me? He said, I want a bracha. He said, you want a bracha? You'll have a bracha. Go honor your parents. So he ran to his father. He said, Abba, what can I do for you? He said, nothing. He said, Abba, please, what can I do for you? He said, I'll tell you the truth. I work in a store. I don't close the store till 9 o'clock. By the time I finish work, there's no shiurim left to go to. Maybe you could learn with me once a week. He said, Abba, I'll learn with you every night. So he made a seder with his father every night. Then he went to his mother, what can I do for you? So I don't know what he did. He washed the kitchen floor, he did the laundry, made supper, bare face. He had lived to be in his 90s. Kids often think that we're smarter than our parents. 
you're young, you look at your parents as a bunch of old geezers. They don't know what they're talking about. They're outmoded. They're, you know, they're old-fashioned. There was a koilo. I think it was a koilo in B'nai Brak. And a few young delight in the koilo in Nifter. The Rosh Koilo went to the stipler. And he said, what's happening? Why is this happening? And the stipler said to him, you need to understand. The parents of these young Galite are survivors of the war. Their best years were stolen by Hitler. They came to Eretz Yisrael, they would never learn it. They never had a chance to learn, and they had to go make Parnosa. So they grew up, they were really not, they were Amaratsim. What could you do? That's what they were. They, and they raised the daughter of children. And their children went on to become the younger light in your Kailo. <clears throat> but the truth is that some of these younger light looked down at their parents, they were Mizalzal in their parents. And that's what happened. On the other hand, if you mechabed your parents, you never know. There was a Yid whose wife was Nifter. He got a call from the doctor. He said, I want you to know, your wife made me believe in God. He said, why? He said, when I told your wife initially that she was sick, I told her she has six months left to live. So she said to me, no, I'm going to live much longer. I said, what do you mean? You're diagnosed, you have a sickness. She said, I have a life insurance policy. He said, let me explain something to you. A life insurance policy means that after you die, there are people who get money. It's for the living. It's not that you're going to live longer. There's no such a policy that guarantees you're going to live longer. She says, no, I have a life insurance policy. So what was her life insurance policy? Her mother was living with her, and she was taking care of her mother. And she knew that as long as she's taking care of her mother, she's going to live. Her mother lived another four years. And after the mother was Nifteris, after four years, she got her six months, and then she was Nifteris. So you might prove to me that there's a God. There was a Yid. Well, Yahu Doiv Klor. Very, very Yid. And he tells over an unbelievable story. He went once with his Ainical to a Levaya. And on the way back from the Levaya, he says to his grandson, That's it, that's the last one. So his Ainical says, That's the last one. What, what, what do you mean, that's the last one? 
your last friend that died? What, what does it mean, the last one? So he says, let me tell you. When I was a young boy, I learned in a yeshiva in Vilna called Ramayel's Yeshiva. It was a year, the Gvir, Rav Meilich, and he paid the money to build a yeshiva, so it was called Ramayel's Yeshiva. He says, my Rebbe at the time was of Shloyma Haimans, a Chetzadik Levrocha. And one day we found out that the Chofetz Chaim was coming to Vilna to meet with Reb Chaim Grzynski, the Godel Hadoyer, Reb Chaim Oizer. It was a great excitement in the yeshiva. Everyone's going to go and see the Hela Gachofetz Chaim. Everybody was excited. They're going to go see the great Chofetz Chaim. And I was also excited. Then I got a telegram from my father. And in the telegram, he says to me, Elio, you are not to go to see the Chofetz Chaim. You're a small kid, and it's going to be a mob scene, and you're going to get crushed and trampled on. I don't want you going. It's dangerous. So I was devastated. This is the opportunity. Everyone's excited to see the Chofetz Chaim, to get a bracha from him. And I'm not going to be able to go. What's the problem? I'll stand on the side. I won't be in the middle of the stampede. My father said, you're not to go. I struggled with that. But I decided if my father said not to go, I'm not going. So I stayed in the base medrash. After the whole hoo-ha about the Chofetz Chaim, so the Bokram came back to Yeshiva. And everybody said to me, Boy, Elio, you missed it! Oh, you missed it! We got a bracha from the Chofetz Chaim! He shook our hand, we kissed his hand, and he gave us all a bracha for Arichas Yomim! So I really felt bad. He said, I kept the cheshben. There were 80 bochrim in the yeshiva. And the Chobetz Chaim gave them a bracha for Arichas Yomim. And every single one of them was zoiket to gewaldika Arichas Yomim. <clears throat> they all survived the Holocaust and went on to live long lives. This was the Levaya of the 80th Talmud. And I'm still alive. Because I got a bracha from the Rebbeinah Shaloylam Alein. Kabinis Ovichem Esimechelam An Yarichun Yomecha. So he lived to be in his late 90s. He was Nifter at 98. A boy said this a bracha for Arichas Yomim. You want a chaperain? It's a moridika opportunity. There's another Misa. Story is told over by Yid. It's a very tragic story. Boy tells over, when I was a kid, 
as is the case with most kids, the most important thing to me was my social standing, my friends, my peers. I had a mother who only had one eye. And she walked around with a big patch on the other eye. And my mother wasn't the, you know, the coolest person in the world either. She was a cook by profession. Wasn't such a glamorous job. She didn't dress very fancy, and I was very embarrassed. My mother, the one-eyed cook. And I was terribly embarrassed. Especially since all that mattered was my standing amongst my friends. One day, the worst thing that have happened, the worst thing that could have happened, happened. I left my lunch at home. My mother came to school to bring me my lunch. And I was devastated. I didn't even look at her. I didn't take the lunch. I just totally ignored her. But that didn't help me. My friends noticed. And they started making fun. You got the guy with the one-eyed mother. That's why you're a lousy pupil. And they made fun of me and they kibitzed me, they chaperoned with me. And I was devastated. I came home. I said to my mother, how could you do this to me? I hate you. I wish you were dead. I went to my room and slammed the door. He says, I went through life totally ignoring my mother. I wanted her out of my life. I focused on my studies. I did well. Somehow or other, he ended up getting a very fancy job in Singapore. He married a Jewish woman. It had nothing to do with his mother. One day his mother decided she wants to see her son. She wants to see her grandchildren. <coughs> she comes to Singapore. He wouldn't let her into his apartment. And she anticipated that would happen. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I got the wrong address. And she left. Years went by. He says, I totally ignored my mother. One day there was a reunion with my classmates, so I decided to go back to my hometown to visit my friends. And afterwards I decided to go see what my childhood home looked like. And a neighbor sees me and comes over and says, you realize your mother died two weeks ago. And I didn't know. And I really didn't care. And she said, your mother left a letter for you. She got me the letter. I took the letter. It was a park nearby. I sat down and opened the letter and I read the letter. My mother tells me, dear so-and-so, I always think about you. I was happy when I heard you were coming for the reunion, but I realize I probably won't be able to see you. I'm sorry about coming to Singapore and frightening your children. I'm sorry I caused you such turmoil when you were younger. But at this point, I will allow myself to tell you 
about my appearance. You see, when you were very young and a little baby, you were in an accident and you lost one of your eyes. And I couldn't imagine my child being with only one eye. So I gave you one of my eyes and the operation was tremendously successful. And I'm sorry that you had such turmoil, but I always loved you. Your son reads a letter like this, and he looks back. What he did to his mother, a mother who gave everything up for her son's happiness and understood his reaction. Raboisai. Your mother carries you for nine months. And for three or four years, she takes care of you and cleans you and diapers you and takes care of everything. And for the rest of your life, she's there and she's worried and she deals with your teenage obnoxiousness. No parents deserve a shtickle covet. You go home for Shabbos. You go home for Yontiv. says in the Pasuk, when Yosef went to see Yaakov, the Pasuk says, that Yosef saddled his, his horse, whatever it was, and he went, Likroisis Yaakov Oviv. Rashi says the lotion over there, Yosef Nira El Oviv. Yosef appeared to his father. Well, obviously that's what happened. What's Rashi being Machadish? A person can come and see their parents, and there's two things going on. Your parents are happy to see you, and you're happy to see your parents. What's your objective? Is your objective, I want to see my parents because I'm going home and going to tell my mother and tell my father I need a new suit, I need a new tape recorder, I need a new hat, I need new shoes, I need you to take me to Walmart because I need, you know, 24 bottles of water. Or are you thinking to yourself, I want my parents to see me. Take a look, Tati. Take a look, Mommy. Look, I'm steiging. I'm learning. I'm growing. Have some naches from me. Kick me on. Look at me. Have a hana from your child. That should be the attitude. Your parents don't deserve any less. There was a Misa. Isis told over Rabbi Leezer Turk. He says he was in Yerushalayim one night. And he sees a boy. And he knows that this boy has bar mitzvah that day. The next morning, the next, that night is his bar mitzvah. And he's standing in the street, looking at the sky, holding two cups of water. He says to him in Shuldik, 
Tonight's your bar mitzvah. What are you doing standing in the street looking at the sky with two cups of water? So the kid says, I'm looking at the sky to see exactly when it will be and I'll be bar mitzvah. And I'm holding two cups of water because as soon as I'm bar mitzvah, I'll be chayiv in kibbut ho'eim doi raisa. So I want to bring my father and my mother a cup of water so I can be mekayim a mitzvah doi raisa right away. So he took the boy to his parents. They said, your child is going to be a godl batoira. A child grew up and he became an odom godl. I don't know who it is, but he wrote svarim that is kabel. And call it Tayrakula. You have to realize we have a mitzvah that you can com- you can fulfill every day. It's a mitzvah that you can look at as a mitzvah with a reason, but you also have to look at it as a mitzvah that has a chaik. And no matter who your parents are, what you think your parents are, what they did for you, what they didn't do for you. You have a mitzvah of kibbutz of aim, and it's a mitzvah that guarantees you ariches yomim. It should be zoiche to see the good in your parents, the good in yourselves, the good in everybody, and that Hakadosh Baruch will see the good in you, and he'll give you ariches yomim, aricha shonim. You'll be matzliach in everything you do. And through that, will Hashem hopefully be zoiche the korav to be as hamoshiach.